Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And you know, we know we're in kind of weird times when we're opening the show talking hockey. Because, we listen, we, I think the last time we've talked hockey on this show uh, was it during the Stanley Cup Finals. And I didn't really contribute much to the conversation either. So, yeah, this, you know we're in weird times when we're start opening the show talking hockey. But that's what we're going to do today. We're going to open the show talking hockey. And yesterday, the NHL announced their return back to play. They're playing to return back to play. And it, and and, and I like what they're doing. They're ending the regular season. That's good. They're uh, they're they're uh, going to start training camps around early July. Uh, two hub cities for the games. We don't know yet which hub cities which the, the hub cities that they'll they'll be. Uh, we've heard a lot of rumors about Las Vegas. We don't know what the which what the other hub city is going to be. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, for the first round, there's five game series and then a round robin tournament for the top four seeds. So. So 12 teams are going to make the playoffs in each conference, and they'll play a five-game series. And the top four teams, though they're not rusty going into the playoffs, they're going to play a round-robin tournament to determine who the uh, who the number one seed is going to be. So, like, for example, in the Eastern Conference, the Bruins, Lightning, uh, Capitals, and Flyers are the top four seeds. Uh, so they'll play a round-robin tournament. Whoever has the best record is going to, have the, is going to be the number one seed, and, and they'll be seeded one through four, determining how they play in that uh, in that round-round in that uh, in that round-robin tournament. And then if you look at uh, the matchups in the Eastern Conference, if they do resume this way, the number five-seeded Penguins would play the 12th-seeded Canadians. The six-seeded Hurricanes would play our, uh, the 11th seed, our New York Rangers. The uh, seven-seeded Islanders would play the 10th-seeded Panthers. And the eight-seeded Maple Leafs would play the uh, ninth-seeded uh, Blue Jackets. And in the Western Conference, the top four seeds would be the defending Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. The Colorado Avalanche, the uh, Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights, who got to the Stanley Cup final in 2018, and the uh, and the Dallas Stars. So they'll play in their round robin tournament, just like the top four teams in the East. And then the seeds five through twelve would be the Oilers would take on the Blackhawks, the Predators would take on the uh, Coyotes, the Canucks would take on the Wild, and the Flames would take on the Jets. So. I, I like it because we. This could be the first. I mean, seeing what's happening in baseball right now, this might end up being the first sport that ends up coming back. Even though you know, hockey for me out of the ma- out of the four major sports is a distant four out of four. But still, it's a sport coming. It's a major sport coming back, and I'll definitely be tuned into it. And we know Justin will be tuned into it. Of course, and that's what I wanted to hit on that first. That point, Steve, is it's so smart by Gary Bateman to be the first sport that's going to come out here and have already a plan ready because yeah let's be honest nhl's fourth on the of the um on the spectrum of uh distant fourth yeah Yeah, it is it who knows with baseball yeah yeah baseball baseball right now if they don't get if they don't get this deal done they could be trending in that direction oh yeah so this is smart because if they're the first first four back nobody's gonna care that you know you're gonna get a lot of fans just gonna tune in because we just want to see sports so this is a smart move to maybe, you know, to try to even increase the brand of hockey, especially playoff hockey. And I know it won't be the same as every year, but I, I love playoff hockey. It's so fun to watch. I know I don't watch too much regular season hockey. I watch the range once in a while, but playoff hockey, I'm always tuned in every game. But it's a smart decision. Um, 2014 playoffs, it's a lot, but it's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun just to have some sports back and, whole, you know, very, it's very smart on their part. They already have this plan done, ready to go, hopefully, for late July, uh, early August, ready to go. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I really the hockey I'll watch is if the Rangers are on, I'll watch it. And I don't watch a ton of the NHL playoffs. Obviously, the Rangers are in it. I'll definitely watch like every like, I'll watch every Ranger game if they're in it. But and I'll definitely watch the Stanley Cup finals. I always watch the Stanley Cup, but in terms of playoff hockey, I don't I don't want in terms of hockey in the regular season, if it's not the Rangers, I'm not watching it. And uh and playoff hockey, if it's not the Rangers or it's not the Stanley, or maybe the Bruins a little bit, and if it's not the Stanley Cup. I'm not really not watching it that much either. So, but if this is the only sport that's playing, I'm definitely watching it now. And I think there'll be a lot more people like you see that are gonna tune in and help the brand. And maybe somebody, you know, hey, you know, ends up liking a team and you know, it it, it helps build the brand of hockey and it, you know, it, it's smart. And I know um it's it's something really smart to do on the um on the NHL side. So, you know, because I, you know. I think a lot of because I, you know, playoff hockey is my favorite. You know, I, I your favorite hockey. playoff hockey. It's right there. <laughs> Out of the four, me, I'd probably put it just behind uh, football. But I would, I, I'd honestly say, out of all the sports, even in the playoffs, hockey is still even the playoffs is my least favorite sport to watch. Is it? I, I love it. I love, I love the action. Um, there's always, you know, it's always fun to watch for me. But um, you know. It's a great idea. And I know this was Friday. I heard too the Kings, it was like 29 to 2, you know, in favor of this plan too. So it seems like pretty much everybody was on the same page. I don't know the two teams that um voted no. I don't I didn't hear who those two teams were, but it seems like you know the whole league's in agreement and all this, which is good. And you know, um, it's just it's smart. It's really, really smart by the NHL. Yeah, and the smartest thing is is they're not going to play meaningless regular season games. We'll get to that in the NBA. We'll get to the Lillard thing in the NBA, but they're not going to play meaningless regular season games. They're going to jump right into the playoffs. There's something they need to they, – they, I think you definitely need to do. And also, doing this 2014 playoff, they're not jipping any team that's close to making the playoffs and a team that wouldn't have a chance – that would have, would have been in the race if, there, if they would have – the season would have been would have continued if we didn't have the, if we didn't have COVID nineteen. They are not jipping any of those teams, so they're giving them a chance too. So that's why I, I really like this too. I think Gary Bettman, who let's be honest, right, right now is still probably out of the four major sports. Even though Manford's getting there, probably one of the worst commissioners because they canceled the season in two thousand four two thousand five. They had an entire season. They lost an entire season, but. Uh, it, it, but I still, it's it, he's he's done he's done a really good job here, and I'm I, I think the NHL is definitely in position. And yeah, mid to late July in getting their season back together and, and getting started. And we don't know the hub cities yet. We don't know how they're how they're going to play the first or second round yet. But this is just a start, and it's just good news that there is a a, a yes. We know NASCAR has been going on in UFC, but a team one of the four major sports, a team sports league, that's. That has that has a very good chance to be back to be back coming back in July. Yeah, it's, it's, you know that, definitely. And I know there there even had talks too of there's a possibility depending on what happens to that for the conference finals, the Stanley Cup finals, the team could return their home cities and play without any fans, of course. But so you know they're they're hoping for that too that they wouldn't have to be at the hub cities the whole time and teams can go back kind of you know their home arenas and all that and play in front of nobody and they're without any fans, which would, you know, be positive too. So, yeah, you know, um, I know Bateman hasn't been great so far in his tenure in the NHL, as a commissioner, but, you know, he's getting some major points right now. He's doing a good job. Yeah, and I think the most interesting thing about this is probably playing in a, in a neutral site will be 
you know, you really won't have that home ice advantage, which in hockey, it's not going to be as big of a deal as it is in the NBA. In hockey, home ice advantage is not that big of a deal. And as, as you saw last year, the, the Blues won game seven of the Stanley Cup in Boston. Home ice advantage in hockey, it's a weird sport. It's not as big of a deal as it is like the NBA or the NFL, uh, having that having having a home ice advantage. I think there's a pretty good home uh, home ice advantage. I you know the, yeah, but it's not like say here's an example. Say a team is like a a team in the NBA playoffs is up three one at home. They're more than likely gonna win yeah, that series. Yeah, in hockey you could be up three one at home. Remember the Rangers in 2014? They were down three one to the Penguins mm-hmm. going to Pittsburgh, and they won Game Five and ended up winning that series. You can do you see that more and more in the NHL. Oh yeah, definitely. That's why I, you know that's why I like the NHL better. You kind of you don't ever know what's gonna happen night in and night out in the playoffs more than the NBA. But yeah, so if yeah, if you're talking about that point, I definitely agree with you there. NBA does have more home court advantage in the NHL. Um, but so you, that that part would be different. I'd love to see like a 12 or 11. I would love to see the Rangers go make a run to the Stanley Cup. I mean, all the Rangers that would be great. So that would be something to see. Now that would, that would be nice. Even though the Rangers are still a little, bit, I mean, they're better this year, but they're still a little bit in a rebuild mode. That would be fun to see them make a run. Yeah, especially for uh, Lundqvist. I'm, I, you know, I feel yeah, because he, because he, because he, because he, he deserves a ring. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, the guy was one of the best goaltenders in hockey for a while. Even though he's not the same goalie he used to be, he was one of the best goalies in hockey for a five to six year stretch. Yeah, he was. You know, so I always felt bad for him that he could never get it done. So you know, who knows? This is fine. Could be his last chance right here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and yeah, if this this format would have the Rangers making the playoffs, and it would have you know twenty four of the thirty two teams make it. You know, a lot of people would be upset because oh, there's too many teams that make the playoffs. Still, I mean, with what's what's been going on now, to be fair to everyone, I like this format is the is is could be the best format. I think one way where I don't think if you're say you're like a Bruins fan. And they have the number. They're right now. They have the best record in the East. They'd be the number. They'd have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs in the East. But say you're a Bruins fan, they wouldn't get the with this round robin. I think that hurts. You know, teams that are the top seeds. I think that's the one thing it does. It hurts teams that are the top seeds in, in the in the East and they're in their in the East and the Western Eastern and Western Conference, those respective conferences. Yeah, that yeah, that's like the one setback for me because you know, because especially if the Bruins go zero and three in this round robin thing, they're going to be the four seed. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those tough things. Like you know, those four teams win that round, round, but better be ready to go because, um, it's it, you know that is like the one setback. Um, but it, it it is what it is. It's the best you can do. So it's kind of, yeah, you know, we're yeah, it's crazy circumstances and everything that's gonna kind of happen with these formats. Are, it's gonna be different, and it's something you just gotta deal with and just move forward. And you can't, you know, you can't fall back on you can't you know trying to think i can't think of the word but um yeah you know you gotta just be ready to go you can't you know just you gotta be you know, uh you know or you go for the round robin and just don't worry about it you know it's pretty much as this is out of everybody's control of what happened um and we expected something like this uh, to happen this year no no, and and this is the best. Really, this is probably the best possible option they could re- they, they could really have. I mean, have, uh, having all those teams make the playoffs, you don't want to chip the teams that were they were close to making the playoffs, and also you want the top four teams to still be fresh and not and 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 ha- and play some games. So having this round robin doesn't have those four teams, those top four teams, be rusty when they get to that first round of the playoffs when they when they have to play in that round. 
Yeah, because it's best out of five. So these, you know, the five, you know, all the teams that got to play in that first round, yeah, they're going to get three, four, five games under the belt. I, top four now will have at least, you know, three, four games um, until they have to play again. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's smart to be able to, um, that they gave them, you know, and I know there's, and that's like the one positive side for that round robin tournament between the one and four. Yeah, you know, um, just so, yeah, that they're ready to go and they at least played a, you know, handful of games here to be ready to go and they're not rusty and they don't kind of have the disadvantage because you know let's they should have the advantage because the top four teams you know in each conference deserve it you know they usually deserve to have you know the whole mice advantage but not clearly not this year um so it's good to give them you know some couple games here to for the um play the actual playoffs from absolutely absolutely so we're going to shift over to the NBA, and right now they're trying to figure out what they're going to end up doing when they return. I mean, they really haven't really came up with a plan yet. You've heard stuff about Orlando. They're having a meeting, I think, with general managers on tomorrow. So they're really trying to find a way to see how they're going to end up returning. And uh, this week we've had we had uh, Davian and Lillard make a comment saying that if you know the league comes back and say they play like five meaningless games that don't matter. He wants he wants to make sure the Blazers have a legitimate uh, chance to make the playoffs if if the comes back. And what he proposed is like is a is a twelve team uh, a twelve team like what the how hockey's doing like a twelve team like have like the the seven through ten seven through twelve seeds have like a playing round and then uh, and then then start the playoffs that way. So that's what that's what he that's what he proposed. I've heard proposals of like a ten team uh, tournament too. Also, I proposed like just see them one to 16 and have a tournament that way. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. I think, I think it's, there's, there's four options. The first option is maybe play some regular season games and then go into the playoffs, which I don't love that option. I don't love the fact you're going to play meaningless regular season games in, in, in uh, late July, early August. I don't like that option. Number well, the, number two, what they could do is what Damian Lillard wanted to do. And that is, uh, you know, have 24 teams make the playoffs and, Guess who'd be the twelfth seed in the Eastern Conference if the uh, if they did that? The New York Knicks. Yeah, they'd be the twelfth seed in the East. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's that would that would be interesting. But we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what happens there. And uh, the uh, and another idea would be just to have twenty teams make the playoffs. So just the top ten in each conference have the seven through ten play in kind of a play-in round. And so that, that, that's another option. And the last option would be is just seed the team, just like the NCAA tournament, seed them one through 16 and play a tournament. So they could do that as well. So there's four options there. I think the best option would be is have 20 teams make the playoffs. Do like maybe like a best of three series with the seven through 10 seeds and have those teams go into the playoffs. Because I think 24 is a little bit too much, too many teams. And if you look at where the Blazers are right now, right now they're current. Like you look, the Blazers are currently the number nine seed in the uh, in the Western Conference. Pelicans being the ten, so that would get the Pelicans and the uh, and the Blazers into the playoffs. Guess who the eleven seed who would get knocked out if it was that way? Yes, like your Kings would get knocked out if it was that way. So I, I like the ten teams making the playoffs. The, the thing is, the West is probably is is definitely closer to the East. Because the East. Like the uh, the number nine seed right now would be the Wizards, and they're five and a half games behind the Magic, and they're about like I think they're like four, they're like twenty eight, their record's like twenty eight and forty two. They're like fourteen games under five hundred. So, and then the uh, 
if they did 10 teams, the Hornets would make the playoffs too. And they're way, they're, they're like 18 games under 500 too. So I think that like the East, it wouldn't matter if they just brought 16 teams back. But the gripe is, is in the Western Conference, a team like the Blazers who made the conference finals last year, who have one of the best, one of the top 10 players in the league and Damian Lillard, they would be out of the play and they're fighting for their three and a half games behind the, behind the Grizzlies for the last, for the eight seed in the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. I mean, so they they would be a team that would be really upset if they only had 16 teams make the playoffs. Also, you look at the Pelicans with Zion. Maybe another team would be upset because they're three and a half games out. And the, your Kings, I think your Kings are, Kings are like four games out, right? Four, five, I believe. Yeah, four or five. Because I think they, yeah, because I saw something like they play like six games or something. They need the Grizzlies to go like two and four. They got to go four and two in their end. It would be the, like your King, your Kings and the Spurs would be the other two teams who are still in striking distance of the playoffs. So, what would be out of those four things? What would be your plan, Justin, for the NBA to get back back going? Um, you know, it, it's tough to go back between it's to go between the 16 and the 24 because on the Eastern Conference side, I wouldn't care. It would be like the eight teams because again, like the Washington Wizards are, and um, Hornets have no business being in the playoffs. But then, you, and then for the Western Conference side. You got the Blazers who are right there. You got the Pelicans. You got the Kings. You got the Spurs that are all right there that, you know, kind of lose that opportunity because they didn't get to play the, um, the rest of their games. But then you go on the 2014 side of it, and then you have, like, the New York Knicks in it who, again, they, they don't have any business. But um, but it's like the, the two – and this is the problem with the Western, Western and Eastern Conference right now is just the depth of talent between one, you know, one through 16 in both conferences, you know, it, it's a big drop off. Um, so it's tough. I would, I'm not just saying this be a Kings fan. I do probably the 24 teams. Now this probably would not happen, but I, you know, of like what they, you know, of like, a, um, like in the playing, playing round, I would love to see like a, um, like a, a single game or a best out of three. And I know that probably wouldn't happen. But I think that would kind of make it much more exciting, and it would maybe speed speed it up a little bit in that kind of first round. Um, but I'm kind of more on the option of the 24 because I think um, I just think for the teams that are on the Western Conference side that had it all that had a shot but didn't get it, um, I totally disagree with option one. That should not. There, there's no point to play any more regular season games. You know, oh no, no! Like why the why would the New York Knicks want to just come all the way to um you know if it ends up being Orlando and come to play five or six games that mean nothing? They're probably just going to want to lose those five games to help their draft or help the lottery odds. It makes you know that'd be dumb. I could see you know where you know like me the team get like a few games like the teams that are going to playoffs get a few games before if they kind of want to do like oh two or three games before it doesn't really matter if your record more of a scrimmage kind of gets you going gets you back in um in game environment and all that you know just playing a game i wouldn't mind something like that and then do like a single you know a single elimination one game or best at three i would love to see that for like a playing round you know i think that would make it much more fun and much more exciting to see that um, but I'm kind of on the side of the 2014 playoffs. That's kind of what I would do with the 2014 playoffs. Uh, make it a little, you know, so it's a little bit different than hockey too. You know, it doesn't, it's not like, you know, 
uh, just copying, but that's something I would kind of do right there. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna see what's gonna end up happening. I think there's a good chance it's gonna be a 16 team playoff, which I wouldn't mind. But also, you could do 20 teams because, like, you're like a team like the like like like, like Damian, what Damian Lillard said, a team like the Blazers with a player like Lillard in a year like this, you never know. And yes, they had a dis- they've had a disappointed ye- disappointing year, but that team could turn it on, and that could be team could be dangerous in the playoffs. If you're the Lakers, and say you're like the number, who would you rather play? You say you're the one seed, and you have to play like say the uh, the Grizzlies and Blazers play like an eight nine playing series. Who would you rather play if you're the Lakers, the uh, the Grizzlies or the Blazers? I definitely rather play, even though the Grizzlies got John Morant and that uh, Jaron Jackson, who are up and coming stars. They don't have a pile of superstar like Damian Lillard. So if I'm the Lakers, I definitely rather play the Grizzlies than play the than play the than play the Blazers, and I'd probably rather play the Grizzlies than play the Pelicans with Zion, the way Zion Williamson played in the second half of the year. So yeah, it's it's going to be. I think it, yes, there's a good chance it's going to be 16 teams, but I would like to see 20 teams in the playoffs playing in Orlando. That wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't mind 20 either. You know, I think that's a good. I think that's you know a very good possibility of where it's going to end up. Just, you know, it just, I wish they could do where they could just seed one through 20. It doesn't matter what the conference is because you're going to play in a hub city anyways. Yeah. But if you seed one through one through 20, you'd have to give the top four teams buys. You probably would. Have, yeah. You can, you really can't seed one. If you seeded, if you seeded, you'd have to seed one through 16 pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, um, rankings wise, like, and not include like you know the top twenty records, include them, and then kind of because you're not gonna be traveling, you know, from Boston to L.A. You know, I I could I would like to see something like that because who wants to see the Wizards and the Hornets in the playoffs? I know, I know, that's kind that's kind of a waste. Even the Wizards without John Wall, that would that would be a waste. Yeah. And the Hornets are on an unwatchable team this year. Yeah. yeah so I, I, you know, I I would like to maybe see them do you know. Like I, I think you know, maybe it's some of some of it because I'm a Kings fan. I want to see the Kings in the playoffs finally, but you know, like put like and, the next best and, records in there. And you know, in the East, the Kings would be a playoff team. Oh yeah, they would. You know, yeah, that's why I'm not yeah. a big fan of Western Western and Eastern Conference right now. I think they should do what baseball and NFL does at this point. Yeah, I mean, you could see it. You could, I could see it that way, but. The, I know, I know the talent is much better, much better in the Western Conference. But I just, I just see they're going to go East and West. And I want it to be twenty games. But what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to do they're forego the regular season and they're going to go and they're going to go to sixteen teams. Either seed them one to sixteen or just have the regular playoff format as they usually do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I can see something like that. Maybe you know. I, I, I think that's kind of where they're going to lean to the 16 or 20. I'm kind of hoping 24, but, you know, we'll find out. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. But we're going to shift our attention to another feud with Michael Jordan. This IT-Michael uh, Jordan thing continues because uh, if you watch The Last Dance, he claims, claims that he did not uh, leave IT off the Dream Team, but and on a podcast in 2011 – he Jordan had said he didn't. He said he wouldn't play if Isaiah Thomas wasn't on was on the dream train on the dream team. So honestly, at this point, I think I believe what Michael Jordan said back in 2011 that he wouldn't that he wouldn't have played if Isaiah was on the dream team. And we all know where that this all started from. It all started from 
the fact that the two of them didn't want to shake hands after that, after that, you know, Eastern Conference final, the Pistons walked out the floor. And that's what kind of started the feud between IT and uh and 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 Michael Jordan. And if if it because let's be honest. IT should have easily, easily been on the dream team. There's no way. I mean, he was the best player on two championship teams, and those championship teams beat, knocked out Larry Bird. They beat Larry Bird in 88. They beat Magic Johnson in the championship in, uh, in, in, 19, in, in 1989. And then they beat Jordan in the conference finals in 89 and 90. So the three biggest names in the NBA, the, uh, the bad boy Pistons beat, and Isaiah Thomas was their best player. And he should definitely be hurt being left off that dream team because he was easily good enough to be on that dream team. Dream team. It made no sense why he wasn't on that dream, dream team. And he should definitely be hurt uh, – not, not being not being on the dream not being on the dream team yeah definitely but I'm, i actually i was reading an article this morning which i found very interesting do you know where it is from do you know where he grew up uh gary indiana yeah um yeah gary and i guess he grew up i guess he lived in chicago too when he was a kid yeah yeah so i was reading something saying that i think because before jordan came up and coming and all this it was kind of um he represented the city of Chicago. He was the man in Chicago. And when Michael Jordan came along and when they, the rivalry kind of started in the late 80s, early 90s, IT became the villain and MJ took his spotlight. So there's, you know, I was in, you know, he was saying that um, IT got jealous that MJ took his spotlight. He wanted to be the guy in Chicago. He wanted to represent Chicago. He wanted to be the main man. And MJ came along and stole the spotlight from him. So some, you know, so I've heard too that you know, it's always kind of had that jealousy um, from MJ because of that. Um, so I, I found that very interesting. That was the first time I ever heard that. I didn't really, um, I did not know that it lived in Chicago for part of his childhood, and um, and then yes, then definitely I think the handshake, um, you know, after after the Bulls finally swept the, the Pistons, and then the Dream Team definitely and. Yeah, and MJ, I mean, IT definitely deserved to be on that team. I, you know, how how Christian Leitner got, you know, how Christian Leitner was on that team and not Isaiah Thomas is beyond me. But I know that it was, I know um, what MJ said and all that, and it, those, it makes a lot of sense because I know most of the guy, I know um, Mike Wilbon, which I guess got shot down, but Wilbon was saying that there was like nine, he talked to nine of the players and he said, um, or nine of the guys said they don't want IT on the team. And I know there's a couple guys came out in defense and said, we never told Wilbon that. So that, that kind of doesn't sound like that was accurate. Um, but yeah, for him to be left off, you know, and I could, I can see why he was upset and, you know, angry about it, you know, and he, and he should, you know, he, you know there's, there's no way um, he shouldn't have been left on the team. He should have been on that dream team and dream team would have been, you know that dream team was really really good but you added the addition of isaiah thomas and you know that would have even been better oh i know i mean i mean Isaiah, if he would have been on that team but still that team was that team was amazing anyways yeah. it's just the fact yeah. i at the dream i mean you knew the dream team was going to win mm-hmm. it's just every player that should have been the 12 best players in the nba in those years it's that's what it should have been and the problem was it wasn't the 12 best players because isaiah thomas wasn't and he was definitely one of the top 12 players uh in the nba in the early 90s and he should have he absolutely without question should have been on that team 
but this also doesn't make Michael Jordan look good. I mean, Jordan's telling one story during the last dance to make himself look good, but on a podcast, he's telling another story where in 2011 that he didn't want, she didn't want Jordan. He didn't, he didn't want IT on that team. So this really doesn't make Michael Jordan look good. In turn, in turn, and yeah, we know Michael Jordan. He's the outstanding competitor. He pushed his teammates to the limit. He pushed them to the brink. But to show that you can't let a feud go and not have a guy who de- clearly deserved to be on a team, not be on a team, and then to say you're not going to play, personally, I definitely lose respect for Michael Jordan. And also, he should have just said in the last dance, I clearly didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the team. Don't don't sit there and now say, oh, I didn't leave IT off the dream team when you said previously that you did leave him off the dream team. Be consistent with your comments. I mean, you just don't go on the last dance and say say something to make yourself look good. Just be consistent with your comments. If you didn't want IT on the team, you didn't want him on the team. That's why he's more hurt. That's why IT is more hurt now than he was then. Just the inconsistency of Jordan's comments. He says one thing on one sh- one show and does another thing and says another thing somewhere else. Be consistent. You don't want you didn't want him. You didn't want him. Be consistent about it. Jordan was not consistent about it about IT in this situation. No, he wasn't. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I keep. You know, more upset now than he was. And, you know, I don't blame IT because, he, yeah, he's been kind of, you know, he's been kind of lying about it and, and and all that. And definitely, yeah, might you know, best competitor all the time, MJ and all that. But you do lose a little bit. He can't just come out on the document and just say, I didn't want IT out there. You know, it's, you know, I, I don't know why he didn't. And then, um, you know, I don't know if you heard this too, but I guess there's been a couple of lies that Jordan said on the Dream Team that never um, that he kind of lied about a couple of things. Jordan, um, to an author that wrote his book, like Jordan the Life, he he came out and said like, you know, some of the stuff Jordan was even saying on there is, isn't even true. He didn't kind of go into what, but um, you know, I don't know. How, um, I haven't been able to find what he was lying about on that, but it's another thing with Jordan. Um, with it, it's just yeah, it's kind of the, these two guys probably will hate each other till till they get to the grave. You know? like, oh, that that bridge is burned. Oh, There's no way those two are making good anymore. I mean, those mm-hmm. two that is going to be a feud. There's going to be beef there that's going to be going on for years because of this. And it started on the court in the '80s between the two of them as competitors, but now it's gotten completely personal. And it it it, it is beef that is never going to get squashed, in my opinion. No, and you know what? The dream team was almost. Like thirty, yeah, almost. You know, it was twenty-eight years ago, and they still can't stand each other. Um, now, like I said, I can't. You know, it's it's crazy that these two haven't been able. But I don't blame it for still being angry. You know, um, it's you know, it, he's definitely yeah, he was definitely one of the top twelve players. He's definitely des- he's definitely deserving he knocked out bird johnson and jordan twice in the playoffs like you know what else does this guy have to do to make the dream team and you know i don't blame my team for being upset you know i i wonder if jordan what you know yeah i don't think jordan will ever probably come out and actually say it again and you know in front of the cameras but um you know it's crazy it's still going on Oh yeah, I mean, and it's kind of sad because these are two. These are two, and a lot of these guys want the beef to be squashed. These are two of the greatest players in the history of the game who are just and they continue. And this happened almost thirty years ago, and they keep just going at it, and it doesn't get better; it gets worse. Yeah. So it's 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 just. And listen, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not the biggest Isaiah Thomas fan. I thought he was a horrendous uh, 
uh, head coach and president and, and general manager. I thought he was horrendous with the Knicks, but you can't discount his career with the with the uh, with the Pistons. I mean, he he was one of the he's one of the best point guards of all time, maybe one of the best players in in the, in the history of that to that franchise. I mean, was the best player on two championship teams. I mean, was it was he was just a, a great player and and just can they can him and Michael Jordan. They're not going to squash the beef, and it's sad they're never going to squash the beef because these are two NBA legends that are probably going to be at it pretty much always going at it with each other. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, yeah, I see definitely one of the best players that's been in the Pistons organization. Probably the best I think that it's, it's the best. It's the best because you look at the 04 Pistons, they really didn't have a superstar. I mean, they traded for Rasheed Walsh in the trade deadline. Uh, Chauncey Billups was good, but he's not Isaiah Thomas. Richard Hamilton's a good player. As well, Ben Wallace, but they didn't really have that superstar. So I would say Isaiah Thomas, the best player in the history of that franchise. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely is. But um, yeah, it's just you know because we've seen like you know I know like Shaq and Kobe they've gotten over their beef what they had. They I know it's probably it's not as tense as this was, but it seems like you know guys have been able to get over and just move on. But this does not seem like it's going to happen because you know it's it, it is sad because two of these guys you know. Both these guys are great legends. They're both two of the top players that were in their era. And to have them just absolutely, you know, hate each other, it's, you know, it's, you know, uh, it's not great. You know, you wish they're kind of refronted, but that will never happen. No, no, not at all. And there's at this point, there's really no chance of that happening ever again. So we're going to go to two rivals that have now became friends, and they showed that on the golf course this Memorial Day weekend. And then with the celebrity golf match, uh, Tiger Woods played with uh, with Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson with Tom Brady. And it, it was just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, yeah, the rules were a little the rules were a little different. They played best ball, I think, on the back nine. Uh, it, it was fun. It was a close match, too. Uh, Peyton, Peyton, and, Peyton and uh, Tiger one by one stroke. So it was, it, was a, it was a really fun it was a really fun event. I mean, they raised a twenty million dollars towards COVID nineteen. That is just phenomenal. You know, two of the great, four of the greats in, in their respective sports. I mean, Tiger and Phil, two rivals as well, and then Peyton and Peyton and uh, and Brady. I mean, two rivals, two rivals for years, and they've really become really good friends too, which is really fun to watch. Because I remember them. I remember after Peyton lost the Super Bowl to Seattle. I, him, I think him. He was. They were playing golf. Brady, Brady, and Peyton were playing golf with Belichick too. So they've they've definitely played golf before. They've really became really good friends. And just yeah, Brady struggled a little bit on the on the on the uh, on the on the front nine, but on the back nine he played really well. And uh, Peyton was was really good too. Tiger and Phil really good as well. So really just a fun fun thing with nothing on. I mean, I definitely I was watching most of that too. You know, you could hear them talk during it too. Sir Eli tweet as well. He just he just he just he just got a Twitter account. Eli was tweeting during it as well. So it's just a fun, just a fun, uh, a, a fun thing that the charity event that 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 the uh, four of them put together on Sunday. Yeah, it definitely was, and um, they raised yeah the twenty million. I think their goal was ten, so they doubled what they wanted. So that you know that was great. Russell Wilson donated like three hundred thousand meals. But I think it was on hole fifteen and sixteen where all four or three of them got in within twelve feet of the hole. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was great to watch. It was, and it, the conditions were pretty bad too. So I was surprised. Like, yeah, I think kind of hurt it. I think I kind of hurt a little bit with the rain. It was tough to watch with the rain, especially in the back nine of that, oh, uh, that of, of, of it. Yeah. Well, cause they delayed it too, about 45 minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest golf weather out there, but now they, you know, 
and you you can see Peyton's been playing since he's been retired. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And Brady isn't as good because Brooke Brady's got to still be yeah. the quarterback. I mean, he's been he's been still winning 12, 13 games a year, and I expect him to do that this year with the Bucs. So he's, he doesn't have the time to go golfing the way Peyton does. Yeah, no, yeah, no. That's a good sign for a Bucks fans that Brady hasn't spent his time <laughs> so far in Florida on the golf courses. He's still been getting ready for September. Um, but it was fun to watch. You know, Tiger played well, too. So Tiger actually looked really good. Um, he played well. But, it, it, yeah, it was just a fun afternoon. Charles Barkley loved to run his mouth. Oh, God, yeah, he, he loved it. He enjoyed every minute of that. <laughs> Usually he's the one getting picked on. He was able to go exactly. to else this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I wish Brady was, like, mic'd up last year, too, on the bench. Uh, I'd love to see how many times he swore. On the oh, 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 I bet. Uh, there was one time, I remember during the Texan game, where he just said, I can't, I can't. Yeah, yeah he just said because he was so tired of the lack of the receivers the Patriots had and the way the Patriots skill guys were playing, he just couldn't take it. Oh, Brady last year was probably swearing a ton on the bench. I I, I bet, I bet. It's probably get, probably, I, I wonder what those conversations with McDaniels were like last year on the bench. Yeah, they they, they would have been entertaining. To, uh, oh, of course, of course. To get the sound on. But, uh, yeah, it was a good afternoon. Um you're definitely right. The weather, you know, if it was a bright, sunny, you know, day down in Florida, it would have been probably even better. But it was good to watch something because I can't watch NASCAR. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Same with me. I'll watch NASCAR. It's just the Daytona 500 or the last lap. I could watch that, but yeah. I can't watch, you know, cars uh, go around the track all day. Yeah, and even, and, and I'm not the biggest UFC fan either. I'm just not that into that. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people are into UFC. I get it, but I'm just not that into it. But yeah, I, I just I and I'm not that that much in a, that golf. But if you get the good go- good golfers playing, or if you get something like this, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch the match. I'll watch like the Sunday of the Masters. I'll watch the big, you know. Um, uh, oh, Sunday of the Masters. Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the the later Sunday of the Masters, definitely I'll watch that. I'll watch the majors, but yeah. a regular golf tournament, I'm not going to watch. But yeah, Sunday at the Masters, any of the any of the four major tournaments, I'll watch. But th- this, I definitely watch too, and I and I really enjoyed watching this. Yeah, definitely, it was definitely enjoyable to get something, you know, get something to be able to watch, and hopefully, very soon, you know, well, not very, but hopefully, in the next few months, you know, we'll be able to see something because. Uh, I miss it, you know. It, it was good to get something on Sunday afternoon when there wasn't anything else going on. Yeah, Twitter was blowing up, you know. They, as you heard, when Brady wasn't playing well, you got the whole, oh, Brady can't play without Belichick. Brady isn't good without Belichick. You were hearing that for the first time. I, mean, I don't think I'll hear that much this year, but you were hearing about that for the first time. And then you, obviously there Eli tweeting about Peyton. So it was nice to see Twitter excited. It definitely got a lot of high ratings because – there was just nothing on. I mean, it was it was a nice day. It, Sunday. It was a nice day, so there might not have been people might have been, might not have been watching uh, like right at the beginning, but by like five, six, by like six, seven o'clock, a lot of people were watching that. Oh yeah, definitely, um, definitely. And the only thing that could have made it better was if uh, Peyton actually did bring Belichick as his caddy, or Brady brought like <laughs> that would have been even better. How awkward would that been if if, uh, if if Belichick would have been Peyton's caddy? How awkward would that um, have been? That would have been interesting. Uh, I really didn't see that. Or oh, that. Or yeah, Gr- Gr- oh yeah, Gronk. Gronk's still playing with Brady, but yeah, say if Gronk was a uh, Peyton's caddy. Yeah, or, or uh, Gronk was on um, Brady's caddy. Oh yeah, yeah, that would that that, that, that would have been that would have been, been fun. That would more fun than awkward though. Awkward yeah. would have been Belichick being like Peyton's caddy. That would have been awkward to see those because I don't know if Brady and Belichick have spoken okay. since 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 he's gone to the box. I, I I bet they haven't. Probably not. It'd be interesting no, no. when they come to Fox, bro. No, no. Handshake or whatnot. 
Yeah. They, no, they come to Foxborough in 2021. Yeah, that's what I meant, 2021. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. But, yeah, with, with nothing on, this was fun to have a match, to have a golf match like this. I mean, it was, it was, it was nice to obviously hear, hear, hear the player, hear them talking during it. And, and it was really close. That was the other thing. It was a really close match. They played best ball in the back nine, uh, Tiger and Peyton one by one stroke. So I, I think it was one of the, one of the, probably for Memorial Day weekend that we pretty much, yes, things have opened up around here, but not to a huge extent. Still, we're limited to gatherings of five people. We really, can't go inside restaurants. Yes, you can get outside in restaurants. We can't. We can't eat, but we can't uh, eat in restaurants. Can't go to bars. So for really a Memorial Day weekend that was really limited because of COVID nineteen. This, I think, in my opinion, was the best moment of Memorial Day weekend this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying with you. Uh, you know, it, it was. It didn't even feel like Memorial Day weekend to me. You know, it just kind of felt plain old weekend. You know, it just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you had no NBA playoffs. You had no baseball. That's definitely the two signs you know it doesn't feel like a normal Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, well, and then Stanley Cup usually starts on Memorial Day night. So. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Yes, yeah, that shows you where I don't pay that much attention to hockey. But yes, (laughs) good, good, you're able to. Yeah, that that definitely that happens. That starts then too. Yeah. But yeah, uh, last you know last year made and the thing too is like all four of those guys are all legends. You know, like not even. Clearly, in their respective sports, but like just in perspective, all four of those guys are legends. You know. Oh yeah, like even for decades. You know? Even casual sports fans who don't even watch sports know who they definitely know who Tom Brady and Peyton Manning is. And then even casual sports fans, even though it's golf, they know obviously they know who Tiger Woods and they know who Phil Mickelson is. So they everyone knows who those guys were, and that's why this is such a great idea to have them have them do this charity event because everybody knows everybody knows who they are. They're playing a sport that usually fans really don't make a difference. But you don't even know if fans are there, yeah. there or not. So golf's that, that, that's the one sport you don't know if fans are there or not. And it was and, and, and it raised a ton of money. So really, it was an A plus effort for real the, the, for the entire day, the entire tournament. It just was a it just it just it was just a great day for for the sport of golf, and it was just a great day for for Americans to be for America to be able to watch something like this in a time like this. Yeah, definitely. You know, it it you know. Helped out big time to be able to watch something. You know, it was great. Yes. So so we're going to wrap up the show talking about the league that might have the least chance of returning this year, and that's Major League Baseball. And and, and realistically, I think the players and owners, it, could this be 94 all over again? It could be getting to that point with the way things are going. I mean, now the owners, which I get it, they've lost a ton of money because they're going to lose a ton of money because they're not going to get game day revenue. But they're going to lose even more money if there's not even a season. But now they're proposing for players to take pay cuts, and the players that are going to hit the most are the best players. Like players that are making like 30 to 35, $30 to $35 million. Like say if you're making – we'll start, start with like $20 million a year. You'll end up making this season $15.15 million. Then if you're making $25 million, you'll make six like, like $6 million. Then if you're making thirty million a year, you'll make like six point nine million. And then if you're making uh, thirty five million, you make seven point eight million. Those are significant pay cuts. Even though, listen, I don't want to really discuss money during a time like this when there's uh, when the unemployment rate is as high as it's ever been since the Great Depression. When you know a t- ton of people are out of work, you really don't want to discuss money at this point. So, the, but the but some of these players are taking massive, massive pay cuts. 
the owners want him taking massive pay cuts. And I cannot see the Players Association, probably the strongest players union of all the four major sports, having these players take these these kind of pay cuts. I just can't see it happening. I know the owners are hurting because they're not getting any game day revenue, but this is these are major, major pay cuts that you're, that, that you're making the players take. And it just looks like right now the owners and the players are on just two sides of the fence. And I hate to say this, I could very easily see there not being a season because these two sides can't agree on money, and that would be the biggest disgrace I have ever, ever seen. If they can't agree on this because of money, that would be a shame on Rob Manford. It would be a shame on Tony Clark, the president of the Players Association. A shame on both of them if they can't get this deal done. It would be pretty much a disgrace if they can't get something done. And I think this is the way – and looking at it now, that's the way this is trending. Yeah, it is. And I know what, two or three weeks ago when we started talking about about it, I was optim- optimistic that they were going to make a deal. And I was just hoping the more the days go by and I just do not see that happening. And um, it's just, it's again, I know the player, the owners are hurting. I know that, like, I know the A's, they haven't played their rent to the ODOT uh, Co Coliseum since April or March. They haven't paid. They're going to stop paying their minor league players at the end of the or end of June, I believe. They're gonna stop paying the you know the um their minor leaguers. So I know the owners are are hurting, you know. Um, but the thing is, yeah, there are you know there's 36 million um people that who are unemployed right now, um, and these players, you know, it, and it's tough to take a a huge pay cut like somebody like Garrett Cole. You know his um. Um, reduction is going to be it's like seventy-seven percent. You know he's going to be he's probably making thirty-six million this year. With this um, new proposal, it'd be eight point six million. So that's a huge drop. And I can and I again I haven't heard too many players come out and speak about this yet. But I think you're going to have a lot of more people like Blake Snell. We're going to say it's a major risk. It's you know I'm not, it's not worth it. I think you're going to get a ton more of that. Um, Again, you hope that some players are just going to try to, you know, who want to actually get out there and actually play. Because then if you don't play, you're not getting money at all. So it, it's kind of, do you want something? You know, do you want something or nothing at this point? And I know they want to start spring training for this, like June 10th, but there is no way that's happening at this point. No way. And I know the MLBPA said they're disappointed too by the proposal. So it does not sound like, you know, it's, it's going to work. I you know I understand the owners going through and the players, but like but like somebody like you know the Steinburns, they're they're okay. I can see it more. The the owners that are hurting are probably Oakland, KC, Tampa, Pittsburgh, like the teams that don't have as much money, like the Yankees or Dodgers, the Red Sox. You know I could see you know the small market teams are taking more of a hit here than um than the you know um the Yankees, the bigger markets, you know. Uh, it, it's disappointing, and you know, you, you hope it kind of. I, I, you know, I hope that they settle it somehow. But I, I, at this point, I don't really think there is. You know, I, I really don't. Most of these guys, you know, I just haven't heard a ton of players either that have spoken out on it. So, you know, um, it's disappointing. You know, it's 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 sad. It, it's and right, you know. I know NHL is fourth on the list, but if they take the hit, I know like me, you, and Joe here, you know, 
we're you know we're dire Yankee fans. We're gonna watch after you know when this gets all back to normal. I think, but you're gonna lose a casual fan if nothing goes through here. They're gonna take a and they're already losing fans, fan base because of the time, pace of play and all that. You're gonna start losing them just because of this. So, MLB's in trouble. Manfred's in trouble. They better figure out somehow because uh, you, if you're not filling ballparks now or you know like last year and all that, you're not gonna be filling them in the future if this keeps going on. There's no way. I mean, baseball is an old white sport that doesn't like change, and that's what's drawing the younger generation away from this game. It's it's slow paced. They don't change it. They don't change anything. They have a, they have a bad they have a bad commissioner, and if the, and now they're you know not getting back on the field because of money, and and, and you know if Blake Snell would have came out and said you know I really don't feel comfortable playing because of the the health and safety of of me, and I don't want to leave my family. That's a, that's a totally excusable. But to, to, to be the first thing to say is to talk about money, that's that's absolutely ridiculous when we're going through this pandemic. And, yeah, I mean, and you said it about the small market teams, too, with this proposal and with this thing. And yes, it's definitely small market teams are getting crushed because of this because they're getting no game day revenue. And they're just – and the owners don't have – and with the money they're losing this year, and they're losing a ton of money, they're not the, – the bigger market owners, they're, they have more money, so – they're not getting hit as hard, but the small market owners, man, it's it's, it's hard. It's hard right now. They're just not making money, and in a sport that's that, especially the the low the low the, the lower levels, teams like teams like the Tigers, teams like the Royals, teams like the Pirates, they are not getting they're they're not making that much money anyways, and they're even losing even more money now. So it's really hurting those teams. I mean, right now with with with, with what's going on, it's just not it's it's just not a good it's not good for baseball if they don't play. This season, I think it's going to be worse than them canceling the World Series in '94 because I think during one of the biggest pandemics ever, they can't agree how to split money between two sides. Mm-hmm. That's that's to, to the American people. And anyway, people like me and you will always watch baseball. Joe too. We'll always watch, but to get the casual fan, to get the younger generation into this game, if you, especially if you don't, if you don't, yes, it's it's. Way it's it's clearly the number three sport in our country, and if you're gonna uh, if you're not gonna play this year, you you are gonna irritate so many fans. And this is just the way with what's going on. This is the way it's trending. It definitely it's sad. And um, you know, Brett Anderson, pitcher from the Brewers. Yeah, deal. You're making the um, the owners and you know they're making the um superstars look like the villains here like, like um they, you know they kind of are and i will for a second um and i understand why the players are upset and i know it's it's the money but let's be honest too here their skill set is like no other so yeah they you know they should be you know it's it's tough when you know like a guy like Garrett cole and like the Mike Trout's in the world, yeah, you know, you should be paid like 35, 36 million, you know, a year, some, you know, crazy like that. And to go out there and play an 82 game season, or whatever, and you're only making eight million, um, for the talents that you have and and all that, and I, you know, it is risky, you know, it it totally is, you know, especially all the Tommy Johns are seeing, you blow your elbow. We've seen pitchers never be the same, you know. Um, you, you know, it's just, so I see kind of where the players are upset about this and I'm, you know, um, because it, it, it's risky to do all this and go away from your family for months and all that. Um, you know, 
And I just don't think these guys are agree on something, and especially at this point where you're just going to get later and later into the um, process. You're going to run out of time to at least play when you're going to get to September, October, November. And, you know, it's just not going to work. Um, it, it's sad. And def- baseball doesn't dig, hey, you're right with all this, you know. Uh, the one thing I like that Manfred's done over the years is try to bring it internationally, but then he messed up in London last year when those balls were definitely. Yeah, that that, that series that series was a you know the Yankees won both those games. That series was a joke. Oh yeah, that wasn't even baseball. No, I mean six six to six after the first inning is not baseball. I mean, yeah, it's entertaining, but now that's not baseball. That's that's just that, and that that, that was the problem there, but. Yeah, the, the pressure is really on, is, is on baseball, and it just doesn't look like in these two weeks they've really made a lot of progress in terms of making a deal. Yes, the owners are going to have not the, – the player association is going to come up with a counteroffer, maybe a longer season for, the, for, for these teams. But the problem with having a longer season is how long are you going to take this season? Are you going to take the season into Thanksgiving, into November, and December? It's just it's so cold to play. It's cold to play in October. I know there's global warm. There's global warm. The climate change sometimes. Uh, it's it's a little bit different. You might get a, a nice a nice uh, night in November, but still, without cold, and get November, December. I think it's hard to play in November, December. It is, and then you also got to think of next season because if you wait too long to get this season started, you can't go and play the 21, 20, 21 2021 season, yeah. Season, yeah. You can't end that in November, December when teams get back to their normal um, uh, stadiums. You can't play a game in New York in this November, December because you had to start the season late. Um, you, you can't. You can't play it. I don't think it's happened, but like, imagine the Rockies made the World Series and they had to play out in Coors Field in December. Oh, uh, that, in, in a snowstorm, yeah. yeah. It, it can't happen. So, the, this is like the one sport that cannot push their season later than it should be because you can't start your next season later. Then it, you know, then you have it, unless you cut down the games, that's really the only thing you could do. So, you know, it, they're, they're in a bad spot. They're in a tough spot. They, you know, uh, they better come up with something quick. And I don't see that happening at this point. As Jeff Passon said, this is the most crucial week for baseball in almost in almost a quarter cent and in, 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 in years. I mean, because they got to come up with something because spring training is supposed to start in a couple of weeks and for the, with this proposed plan. And if they don't get started by by the, they don't come up with a deal in a couple of weeks, this season very very easily could be in jeopardy. It it definitely could, I and mean, we'll see how de- we'll see if you know they get desperate if the ML, if the owners and kind of get desperate here and try to and um give in i don't you know we'll, we'll see i don't know if it's gonna happen but again like the small market teams are these, these owners are gonna have to start stepping up and saying something because you know i don't you know i don't know if any of them can go i don't think any of them could go bankrupt but some of them may, may have to give up the team or something i don't i don't know you know it's like they're gonna be losing a lot of money so you, you hope they figure something out, but I just I, I don't really see it happening at this point. Yeah, like we'll s- yeah, we'll we'll see if it ends up getting better. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see if it ends up getting better. So that's gonna wrap it up uh, this week on Sports Talk with R and J for my co-host Justin Nafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week bringing you any sports news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone.